This is HBR episode 2951 for Monday the 25th of November 2019. Today's show is entitled A Walk Through My PyFace CAD Python Code Part 2 and as part of the series A Little Bit of Python. It's hosted by Mr. X, is about 15 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is in this episode, I cover some generic functions at the top of the code. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Welcome, Hacker Public Video Audience. My name is Mr. X, and welcome to this podcast. I'd like to start, as usual, by thanking the people at HPR for making this service available to us all. It's a truly invaluable service. Uh, HPR is a community-led podcast provided by the community for the community. That means you can contribute to. Why don't you record something and uh, send it in? I'm sure we'd all find it interesting. Um... Okay, so this is part two of my uh, run through my uh, Python code for the PyFace uh, CAD, PyFace CAD command and display add-on board which I have for my Raspberry Pi. Um, in this episode, uh, I cover the, some of the cover the generic functions at the top of the code, basically. Um, I forgot to mention last time. Uh, that uh, I'll include a copy of my Python code uh, cad-menu.py is that what it was called? I think it was uh, I'll include a, a copy of that that script on in each of the episodes um, um, I recorded this uh, the actual main part all in, on a, on a one-hour and uh, listening back to it I noticed that uh, I started off at a nice pace, nice gentle pace, and uh, and gradually it gets faster and faster um, to the point where I'm just uh, a gibbering wreck, and <laughs> just desperate to get to the end of it. So I must apologise for that, and uh, don't worry if you can't comprehend it. It's a, it's a fault at my end, not yours. <laughs> uh, so never mind. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Um, so this is part two. Uh, sit back and enjoy. Watch my time. How long has this been going for? Fifteen minutes. Oh, this is a disaster. This is going to be far too long. Um, right. Okay. Global variables. So yeah, rubbish. Got too many global variables. 
So I'll, I'll just mention the, the, the various functions. Uh, uh, so I've got to, the first function come to is uh, get HPRQ. So I've got a description here. Go to Hacker Public Radio's uh, stats page and extract the number of days to next free slot. Turns on blink stick LED with colour dependent on the number of days to next free slot in HPRQ. Prints number of days to next free slot to the display. Yeah, so I think that's quite self-explanatory. The next one uh, is a series of functions uh, set up um, to control the blink stick. So I've, uh, it's probably nicked from the, the blink stick um, documentation or whatever. So blink stick underscore off, that turns all the blink sticks you've got attached off. Um, blink stick on, open parenthesis, colour, close parenthesis. So if you give it, if you pass a value to it, the way you should do it, you can pass a colour uh, um, and it will change colour. So if you if you, if you called b stick underscore on, open parenthesis, and you put the colour in, I don't know, uh, let me think. Blue. Is there a blue? I'm not sure if there is a blue. Um, red, then. It must be a red. Green. There's a green. <laughs> Close parenthesis. Then it'll switch on the blink stick uh, colour green. Um, so valid colours, what does it say? Black, silver, grey, white, maroon, red, purple, fuchsia. There's a red. Green, lime, olive, yellow, navy, blue, teal and aqua. How accurate these colours are going to be? Well, I don't think terribly accurate but there you go so that's blink b stick on a uh, b stick on random that just turns it on with a random color a b stick blink turn blink stick on with with supplied color oh yeah oh yeah it's b stick underscore blink open parenthesis color close parenthesis so you can give it a color and it'll blink off and on basically uh, right so that's the end of the blink stick stuff um so, uh, def run cmd, run command, uh, used to run external Linux commands. Uh, so you can you could run a, a command with that basically. Now, I think that may I may have got that idea from a, a project that somebody did that somebody did to turn their Raspberry Pi into a internet radio thingy. I think I may have got that from that. I'll maybe see if I can find the the reference. Um, um, get my IP. Well, that, that just returns IP address. Um, yeah, that's what that does. Get my ESSID. Well, that gets your Wi-Fi um, SSID, basically. Uh, <clears throat> get my Wi-Fi strength. Well, it gets the Wi-Fi strength as a percentage. Um, next one. Wait for IP. Uh, that. That tries ten times to get an IP, a valid IP address. Um, so, uh, while a le- while a length of variable IP is less than zero, and s- an account is greater than zero, uh, then go through the loop basically. And if it can't get it within ten turns, it'll say error, no IP. So it's a very very basic thing. I'm not even sure if it works properly to tell you the truth. I haven't thoroughly tested that. Um, def show Wi-Fi info shows Wi information on display shows ESSID on first line and both the Wi-Fi signal strength as a percentage 
and the IP address on the second line. Um, obviously, any of these ideas you can pinch for your own use. So any of these, any of these, any of these ideas you can obviously pinch for your own use. Um, uh, um, custom bitmaps, selection of custom bitmaps to use on LCD display. So I've got a speaker, a play, a stop, a playlist, a pause, a back, and a forward. Um, I think some of these I had to draw myself. Was it pause I had to draw myself? I can't remember. One of these ones I had to draw myself anyway. I, I couldn't. I couldn't find an example online. Um, and there's a website you can go to to work out. I think it's it's a, it's a chip that the that, that um that it use uses on the LCD display board, and the company that provides a chip has got a, a um a website, a handy website where you can put in numbers and it'll give you an approximate, it'll show you what it's going to look like basically, because trying to, it's quite tricky to do it with numbers yourself without this website, although you can do it I think so that's that um, right long string uh, open parenthesis long string, close parenthesis so this is one of these rare examples where I pass a value to one of my functions it's a string that you pass to it. So, uh, writes a long string to the pie face control and display LCD and scrolls it to the left until the last character appears on the right hand side of the screen. This, um, this, this is my, I had multiple attempts at doing this. Uh, my first attempt was, it was just a hack really and uh, it sometimes got it wrong and all sorts of stuff. But this, this, this one seems to work. This, seems to work uh, reliably and I add a character at the end because it's otherwise it would be very, a, a, a special character I think it's an, a kind of arrow thing I, I came across um, it's like a, a pointy arrow so that you can clearly see where the end of the string uh, appears at the beginning starts because otherwise it's, it's not tricky to see, it's a bit tricky to see where the string stops sort of thing um so you've there's a there's a few um variables um local local that's it you've got global variables and local variables so local variables are only visible from within that function so there's a number of local variables um in the right long string function um one is called display size um and it got set to 15 so that's the number of characters that can be displayed on one line of display. Another one, step size, and that's currently set to four. Step size when scrolling message on display. So as it's scrolling across, how many characters on each scroll does it, do you want it to move? It, you know, if, if it's going to it's going to ripple through, is it moving the screen one character or two characters or four characters, whatever? Now. This was of something that I added as a refinement later on because I just well I'll carry on in that I'll explain in a minute because after that I've got scroll speed and that's set to point five five I think that's of a second point five five a second adjust scroll speed delay in seconds between scrolls uh, oh and the last one is oh last one is scroll scroll equals zero default value for scroll used when string is smaller than display size. So if the if the scroll if the if the string is smaller than the full width of the screen, then there's no need to scroll it, so it scrolls zero. 
So that's what that's for. So what I, what I discovered was that, um, you know, at, at obviously LCD, it's quite a basic LCD screen, and at different temperatures, uh, the re- update refresh rate differs. So sometimes it can be very blurry, particularly uh, when the temperature drops. And uh, but then it could be okay in the summer, so then you put it, make it really slow, and then you find that uh, well, it's that slow, it's taking forever to scroll, um, and it's unnecessarily slow in the summer. Um, so what I did was I thought, well, it doesn't actually need to move just one character at a time. It could, it can, it it can move more, and I found that uh, four characters was quite a good compromise. You could still clearly see it scrolling uh, across the screen; it looked quite natural and 0.55 of a second between each scroll was fast enough that it didn't blur too much and you could still could still read it. Obviously, you can tweak these settings yourself, but that's the whole point of having these variables. Rather, rather than digging around in the code trying to work out what the heck's going on, you can just tweak these numbers uh, and, and to suit yourself. And you could go crazy. I mean, you could say, right, okay, if it's between this month and that month, then it's summer, so therefore set the scroll speed to this speed. If it's between this month and that month, and it's obviously winter, so set it to that speed. So you could do all sorts of clever things. It's um, you're limited only by your own imagination. I mean, that's that's uh, the beauty of, um, of of doing this thing yourself. Um, probably nobody else on the planet would be slightly interested in this. It's um, but uh, <laughs> there you go. But I remember. Uh, um, Klaatu talking about a project that he did. He said, oh, you know, a, a good project, you know, was it say something along the lines of it's something that uh, the person themselves is fascinated by and things that, finds it wonderful and but nobody else can see any point to it, you know, it's, or something to that effect. And I, I think that's true. Um, these days, I just, I just tend to use this thing. I don't tend to look at it at all. I haven't, I haven't looked at the code for a while, a while other than this tiny wee change I was telling you about earlier with a variable. Um, and it display uh, sets up the LCD display for selected menu, uh, zero for podcast, one for audiobooks, and two for system. So yeah, you, you just call in it display, and it sets the the display back up again for uh, resets the 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 screen basically. Uh, quite handy. Display main menu. What's the difference between initiate display? Oh yes, display main menu. So this is the, the, the when you're changing between the menus. You get a brief uh, message telling you what menu you're in. So clear the LCD and display the appropriate main menu message. Um, so, for example, if if you're in menu zero, it'll it'll print uh, zero zero open square bracket podcast close square bracket. It'll wait for 0.7 of a second and then go to init dis- init display to initiate the display for the screen for menu zero. And if it's not zero, it does the one for audiobooks, which is one. If it's not that, it's two, which is system, and so on. And if it's not that, it's an invalid menu. Uh, right. So finally, we get on to the buttons, except we don't, because I think that's a good place there to stop. Um, I think that's long enough. So um, thank you very much for listening to this. Hopefully, uh, you got something out of it. Um, if you want to contact me, I can be contacted at mrx at hpr at googlemail.com. That's mrx at hpr, 
the at symbol, googlemail.com. So tune in next time for exciting episode part three of uh, my series on my Python program. Bye for new. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.